Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors and their next few matchups over the week. But before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Maria podcast here for Thursday, June 16th. Now, for one on break, we previewed what we were doing with this week's show. Once again, talking about the Golden State Warriors and the last couple of NBA Finals games remaining on the calendar it could potentially be last final game. We'll see what happens in game six. But, of course, Golden State is up 3-2 to two right now. So, we'll see how the series unfolds. But they got two shots to win one. And if they pull it off, they'll win another championship. So, regardless of how the NBA Finals turn out, this will be, of course, the final NBA episode for the season. I thought about doing a recap episode just to kind of re- – just to go through Golden State's overall season – but you don't really need to, to be honest. I mean, either they win the championship, which is the ultimate success, or they ended up losing a heartbreaker in the finals, which I don't think I really need to recap. So this will be the final basketball episode before we transition over to baseball. And hopefully, you know, Golden State ends the season on top. But either way, before we get into game six and potentially game seven, we got to recap what happened last week. And overall, we had a very good week, and Golden State had a very good week. We said that Golden State would end up responding well to the adversity and would win game four on the road and then win game five at home. And both those things happened. And we also liked the under in both those games and that cash. So we ended up going 4-0. Nice overall week. Can't really get much better than that. And we'll look for another potential sweep here for this upcoming week. But, of course, before we get into – The actual Game 6 preview, we got to focus on how we got here and recap the last couple of games from an actual X's and O's perspective before getting into Game 6. So starting off with what happened in Game 4, you had Golden State play a pretty, I'd say, underwhelming first half, trailed by five at the break. It looked like Curry was the only person doing anything. Then the second half happened, and Curry continued to play really well. Golden State third quarter was another... I'd say no sweat winner there as Golden State ended up winning by six in the third quarter, then carried the momentum over into the fourth and won that quarter by nine. So when you outscore the opponent by 15 points in the second half, you're going to fare pretty well most times. Now Curry had 43 points. Thompson had 18. Wiggins had 17, but he also had 16 rebounds. So he was amazing. 
Looney came in off the bench with 11 rebounds. Jordan Poole was pretty good as well with 14 points. Draymond was disastrous in that game. Had two points, nine rebounds, eight assists, four steals. So besides the actual shooting, he was solid, but he went one for seven from the floor, which is definitely not ideal. Besides that, though, going through Boston and its production, Tatum went eight for 24. Brown went nine for 19. Smart went seven for 18. But Boston had 15 turnovers. Tatum had six. And Boston in the fourth quarter, especially in the final five minutes, completely imploded offensively as Golden State not only took the lead, but never surrendered the lead as Golden State won the game. So Golden State showed up, mostly Curry, and really gave Golden State life because they were almost down 3-1. And following that win, I feel like most people expected Golden State to respond well at home after such an emotional win in game four. And they did. Golden State came out and led by 12 at halftime. Then they basically punted the entire lead in the third quarter. Poole hit the borderline half-court shot there to keep Golden State leading after three. So Golden State was up one entering the fourth. And then Boston's offense once again imploded in the fourth quarter as Golden State outscored Boston 29-20 uh, to 20 in the fourth as Golden State won by 10. So to go through... That actual box score, Curry was awful. 7 of 22, 0 for 9 from 3. He did have 8 assists, though, so he did a good job getting his teammates involved. Clay was good. He had 21 points, 7 of 14 from the floor, 5 of 11 from 3, which was needed because with Curry being that off, they needed Clay to step up, and he did. Wiggins was great once again. 26 points, 13 rebounds, 12 of 23 from the floor, while also going 0 for 6 from 3. So Wiggins from two was unbelievable. And besides that, Draymond actually played really well. He did foul out, but he had eight points, seven rebounds, six assists. So he had an overall solid game, plus 11 in the plus minus. Gary Payton, uh, the second, had a very good game at 15 points off the bench in 26 minutes. Poole was good again, had 14 points, including that real backbreaker for a three-pointer at the end of the third quarter. Uh, besides that, that's basically it from Golden State's side. Now to go through Boston's side. Actually, one more thing. Golden State only turned the ball over six times, which was amazing. So that was definitely a story of the game because Boston turned the ball over 18 times. And it's tough to win in the NBA, especially in the finals, when you lose the turnover battle by 12. And that kind of was the story of the game. Tatum went 10 for 20, 5 for 9 from 3, only 2 for 6 from the line. He also had 10 rebounds. But he did have four turnovers, and they were a meaningful four turnovers because he officially set the all-time record for the most turnovers in a single playoffs. So Tatum has really turned the ball over on a regular basis. It doesn't help that Boston's had a couple of game sevens. So there has been a lot of game there have been a lot of games for Tatum to turn the ball over in, but he has the all-time record for most turnovers, which is a dubious record to have. Now Marcus Smart was good. He had 20 points, 7 of 15 from the floor. He had four turnovers. He also kind of lost it mentally as Poole ended up drawing that flopping offensive foul, and Smart just seemed out of sorts in the fourth quarter. Jalen Brown played 44 minutes. He was atrocious. He went 5 for 18 from the floor, 0 for 5 from 3, and he also had five turnovers. So really the story of the game was that Tatum and Brown combined for nine turnovers, and that's not going to fly if Boston wants to even up the series by winning game set, uh, by winning game six at home. The bench did absolutely nothing for Boston. The bench as a whole – had 10 points, and a couple of those came from guys who played one minute. Cornette played one minute, had three points. Neesmith played one minute and had three points. So 
the overall bench of usual contributors combined for four points, that's pretty rough. But Boston's bench has been a mess. Tatum's really been a mess. And it really seems like Boston has no cohesion offensively right now, especially late in games. And that really has been the undoing for Boston up to this point. Now to go through game six, first we'll look at the overall spread and the total. Golden State is a dog in this one on the road. They are getting roughly four points, total of roughly 210 and a half. And for this one, I'm taking Golden State to end the series. I know Boston has been pretty solid in the backs against the wall role so far this postseason, and they've really responded well to adversity. But I'm looking at Golden State. I'm looking at what they're doing defensively and how they've really managed to force the Boston supporting cast into basically being irrelevant, I do believe that should help Golden State eventually find a way to get the job done. Now, Tatum could play well. He could go for 30-plus. Brown could play well, too. But the issue is Boston really relies so heavily on those two guys that if one of them has an off night, I'm not sure Boston gets to 100. We saw what happened in Game 6. We saw what also happened in – sorry, we saw what happened in Game 5. We saw what happened in Game 4. And Boston was unable to get to 100 in each of those games because Boston really just has no rhythm offensively. You're looking at how the Celtics actually function offensively, and it's mostly similar to how the Cavaliers used to run their offense with LeBron. Of course, significantly worse. But stylistically, the idea is get four guys standing around the perimeter, maybe a center in there to set a screen or two. But for the most part, Everyone get the hell out of the way. Let the star player dribble in the same spot for about 15 seconds and let him do something. Of course, Cleveland made it work because LeBron's a top two player in the history of the sport. And he's also one of the best playmakers in league history. Tatum, not so much. Tatum is definitely a solid outside shooter. He's usually a pretty good finisher around the basket. He's shooting roughly uh, 30% from two in this series as he's been a mess around the rim. But Tatum is really not known for his facilitating. And with him being forced to make all of the decisions late in shot clocks, it has really come back to bite the Celtics in the ass. And I feel like that's the main reason why Boston's fourth quarter offense has been so underwhelming. Now, when it comes to what counters Boston can make for game six, defensively, I think they figured it out. I know Clay had a pretty good game, but Steph ended up going 0 for 9 from three. Wiggins went 0 for 6 from 3. Boston as a whole, though, held Golden State to 104. That's doable. I think that defensively, Boston has at least found a way to make Steph extremely uncomfortable after Steph torched them for the first four games of the series. But the issue for me Boston with Boston is the fact that offensively, I really don't know what counters Boston has. The only counter I could think of is playing extremely fast. We saw Boston play with a lot of speed in Game 3 which was their really only convincing win of the series. I know game one, they won by 12, but it involved a massive fourth quarter comeback. But game three, they kind of controlled from start to finish. And the main reason why was because they went extremely up-tempo, which resulted in 68 points in the first half. And ever since that first half, Boston has played extremely slow. And it has killed them in the process. Now, of course, Golden State's aware of that. Boston should probably look to play faster in the first half of game six. But Golden State, we know that they're not afraid of slowing it down. Golden State's half-court offense has been significantly better 
than Boston's half-court offense up to this point. So I do expect Golden State to do whatever it can to force this game into taking a very slow pace, and I do think that'll be the Celtics' undoing once again. Now, the home crowd could have a big fact, uh, could play a big factor. We saw it basically rattle Draymond for two straight games. However, I do believe that Boston offensively just has too many flaws right now, and we talked about how Tatum and Brown have been pretty hit or miss. Smart's actually been really good when it comes to shooting the basketball for the last couple of games, and I don't know how sustainable that actually is. Now, Smart has had a decent amount of turnovers, but you're looking at the games here, and he's been great, you know? Marcus Smart has scored at least 18 points in four of the first five games, and he's been shooting the ball relatively efficiently. Smart has shot the ball uh, well at least 46% from the floor in three of the five games. We know Smart's a very streaky shooter. So far, he's been on an upswing. There's always a chance he has a massive clunker, and if that's the case, then the Celtics need Tatum and Brown to be really good offensively, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. It seems like Golden State's length on the perimeter has done a great job of, I don't want to say figuring out Tatum and Brown, but making them extremely uncomfortable in the offensive sets, and I do believe that that should result in Golden State's defense putting the clamps down once again. So for me, I think Golden State gets it done. Is it going to be easy? No, but I do think Golden State is going to rise to the occasion. I think they'll respond well in this hostile environment, and I do think Golden State will get the job done potentially by five points. But give me Golden State, and I think it's correlated. Give me the under. If Golden State's going to win this game, its defense has to show up and really just shut down Boston like it did in the last two games, and I expect that to be the case. So give me Golden State and give me the under. Now, assuming I am wrong and assuming that Boston does force a game seven, that will be taking place on Sunday, which means we have another two full days off in between games, which is a whole separate rant. This is one of the worst scheduled NBA finals I've ever seen. The amount of off days in between matchups is excessive and borderline disgusting. And there has been no momentum in this entire series because of the fact that viewers have to actually wait several days in between games, which is really insane. It's approaching the end of June. Wrap it up already. You don't need two days off in between games. Throw one day off in between and let's play some basketball. But looking at game seven, I am taking Golden State. If Boston's able to get the job done, I'm not going to overreact to a game six loss. Golden State at home has really dominated the majority of the three games. Golden State, of course, is two and one in those games. They dominated basically three quarters of game five. They dominated basically uh, four quarters in game two. Game two was not particularly close as Golden State ended up winning that game by 19 you can argue that Boston first quarter, they ended up trailing, but Golden State led after every quarter. So you can basically pencil it down to Golden State dominating in three quarters in game one, or at least two quarters in game one, but it was pretty much in control up to that point. Game two, same story, basically three quarters. And game five, besides the third quarter, they dominated the first, the second, and the fourth. So Golden State in 12 quarters at home, has looked very comfortable in about eight or nine of them. So I think Golden State will end up winning the NBA Finals in either game six or game seven. Boston, we've seen once again have serious issues offensively, and they're not suddenly going to go away. I expect Curry to not shoot 0 for 9 at home in a game seven. 
And I think that Golden State will find a way to get the job done. Pretty similar script to game six. I do think that both games will be close, but I really don't trust Boston's ability to close games out late. And I think that's going to be the undoing of this team. So give me Golden State in game six and the under and give me Golden State in game seven and the under, of course, assuming that my game six predictions are wrong. So other than that, though, that's been this episode of the Bed and Barrier podcast, and I'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.